Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. Well, I guess today we're probably not going to talk about dating apps and how old we are. It'd be cool if it was like a beer-focused dating app. I don't think it would be because think about every <laughs> dude You're right. who drinks be, beer. It would be inseparable. It would be a lot right. of, well, actually, did you know that they're called India Pale Ales? Because... <laughs> <laughs> because people from India made them? No, how no, and also how quickly would it just turn into a beer trading app? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't really want to like date, but I got this bottle and you know I'm search of this and <laughs> right. I see you live in Richmond. Can you get the veil for me? Thanks. <laughs> so no. Uh, today we are talking about Oktoberfest because it's the time of the year for everyone to talk about Oktoberfest. Yeah, so, you know, we just figured we'd just keep on that train because what are we going to do? Talk about it in March? You right. Know? Like, and pumpkin March beer. Oktoberfest and pumpkin beer. We decided yes. to throw them in together, not bore you with two episodes. I would like to start out by saying that I don't know how this has happened, but I get a lot of people who think, who ask if our Oktoberfest beer has pumpkin in it. And I'm really? Like, no. No, no, why, no. And, like, it's not, like, just ours. Like, they just think, like, Oktoberfest beer has pumpkin in it. And I'm like... I guess I could see how you could kind of conflate the two. That's interesting. I mean, I I wouldn't, but they both come out at the same time of year. They both are similar colors, probably. But they don't. Well, they shouldn't, at least, if you're brewing, you know, somewhat within style. Um, But... I was also, Jeff Jeff noticed this, this too, we were talking about it, and he was, like, on social media the other day, and there's, like, a picture of three, you know, just some bottle shop promoting or whatever, but it was, like, three different Oktoberfest beers with a big old pumpkin behind them, <laughs> and Jeff yeah. was like, maybe this is why people think they're made with some pumpkin beer, or pumpkins. Yeah, but, no, that's interesting, but I, yeah, I can see people, if you don't know a ton about beer, like, those two things just combining in your head to be one kind of beer. Well, I mean, do you th- remember back to Oktoberfest style, it's originating in Germany, which does adhere to Ben Hoxabach, um, mm-hmm. especially when the Oktoberfest celebration happened. Right, so, especially in Munich and Bavaria. If you are within doubt, if you are questioning, just try to remember when Hasselbach. <laughs> Water yeast hops involved. Yes. And actually, you know, pumpkin beer was a big thing in America even before Oktoberfest. And I don't mean like necessarily Oktoberfest beer. I mean like the the um, festival. The festival right. was like 1810. And, you know, like colonial colonials and colonialists in America were brewing with pumpkin because that's pumpkin what they had. That's what grew. It grew a lot of and had fermentable sugar. And malt didn't really grow that well in North America. Um, so Sorry, I have to be pedantic and say that barley didn't grow that well. Excuse me. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, six-row barley did not grow well on the West Coast. Or, sorry, the East Coast. Yes. So it, it needed other fermentables. And, actually, cider, apple cider was 
Yes. That and rum because and they, you and they did have and they had corn. They had like corn and you yeah, know, whiskey. Like, there was other ways to make like alcohol, but it's just like barley was not prominent. And um, but pumpkins were very prominent. So you had pumpkin bread, pumpkin soup, pumpkin tea, pumpkin this, that, you know, anything right. you could. I mean, that's just, 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 just what people do naturally. You, you you use what you have around you. So you figure out how quickly you can make something into alcohol. Yeah, you don't because you, <laughs> you cannot have society without alcohol. I mean, that is why that is why the pilgrims stopped. <laughs> that's they to ran be, out of beer. To be human is to suffer eternally, and so you just try to make it a little bit better with alcohol sometimes <laughs> by mildly poisoning yourself. Yeah. Or there was the issue where, like, where the water wasn't good for you to drink, so. Right, and you needed to use up your ingredients. Yes. So your raw ingredients wouldn't go to waste. Yeah. I mean, why just boil water when you can create alcohol, you know? (laughs) Seems like a waste. (laughs) Why do, like, literally anything else when you can just create alcohol? (laughs) And we're doing God's work here. Yeah, I was going to say, you have made a career out of that. Yeah. Just, I tell people I do God's work. They look at yeah. me and I'm like, I make beer. And they're like, ah, oh, I get it. <laughs> it is holy. But yeah, so not to get too off track, which we didn't make an outline today, guys. So sorry about that. We might. But we will just kind of dive in. Um, I know Jen just gave a nice little presentation on the history of Oktoberfest uh, to her New Realm fans on Facebook the other day. Yes. So, uh, by the by, just to, to plug that, if anybody would like to hear me talk at them in a different media, um, every ever every other Tuesday I do NRBC TV live. So that's a live stream that I do on what else? Beer education and beer history, and that is usually at noon Eastern time. And uh, yeah, it's, I like it when it's interactive. So when you show yeah. up and comment, we can put the comments on the screen. And um, any kind of suggestions that anybody has, the last few ones that I've done have actually just been suggestions because I've kind of, I haven't run out of ideas, but I'm never sure. I don't want to start getting too technical. Yes. I was, we were, I was doing that with myself yesterday when we were trying to figure out what to talk about today. I was like, I just, there's a lot of things I could talk about. I just don't want to be that boring. (laughs) I mean, how could it be boring if it's the two of us? That's true. Yes, I think we have also done a good job of laying the groundwork, and I think a lot of people who listen to us are also the intellectually curious, so if we're talking about something, then I I trust our listeners to go look it up or ask questions of us to get more information, but it's easier when it's the two of us talking to each other when I do the NRBC TV lives. It's just me talking to my computer. True. (laughs) And And then you get asshole me who comes in and I'm like, oh, hey, girl. uh, No, I get every once in a while I get some comments where I'm like, okay, cool question, bro. I I see you. I know exactly why you came to this live stream to ask these kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it yeah, usually it's just me like gesturing wildly in the camera uh, yeah, just as an aside after you said we wouldn't get too off track one of my favorite things has been going back afterward to see what screen capture 
Facebook is using for my video because I'm very expressive <laughs> when I talk and I move my hands a lot. And uh, what that means is hopefully that makes me an engaging speaker to watch. But when somebody tries to get a picture of me doing that, it's always where I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like weird faces <laughs> or like my hands are in front of my face or something. So going through like kind of like a flip book of all of the screen grabs that it's gotten of me is just like, rrr, 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 rrr. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. That is true. You, 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 I've never seen a really good action shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, <clears throat> excuse me. It is something that I, um, you, you brought it up before aware of. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think it's funny. It's not something it's not where I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys, eh, I never take good pictures. No, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, but on that, she was giving a delightful story about the history of Oktoberfest, which I um, it's funny because I pulled up the longer book, which I know we've talked about before. and We both love. I started listening to the the um, audible book, too. The, oh, yeah. I haven't done that yet. I need to. Jeff. Jeff really liked it. Like we were doing it on the way to the Wilmington. He was I like, see. wow, this is fun. Like I can like I'm into this. I is like, the I narrator know. good? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's good. Good. Sometimes they're not, or you can tell it's somebody who, like, reads textbooks for yeah. a living and is trying to do an audible book and says things like diacetyl. Yeah. <laughs> there there are some, like, a lot of pronunciation things that we're both like, is that right? I'm not sure. Does he know? Does he know better? I'm not really sure, but he yeah. does do a good job. It is It is good. Good. But so to get on the first, uh, you know, about Oktoberfest, start there. Yeah, like 10 minutes in. Yeah, sorry. Well, you know, <laughs> we can edit. We got to warm. We got to ease into it like an old man hey, into a hot bath. Every, every other podcast I've had to listen to is like first 10, 15 minutes is like, and now we're sponsored this episode by this today, <laughs> which maybe we can get there one day because that means we have a sponsor. <laughs> Would you like to start off about uh, what Oktoberfest is? Why why we have this beer? What um, sure. how it came about? Yeah, I think this is we've talked about it a little bit before uh, in our episode on the Lager Book, which is I guess like our Bible because we talk about it all the time. And um, well, there's just so much history. Like it is just so good. <laughs> It's so good, but it sets a good basis for other parts of the beer history world. You know what I mean? Like yes, it connects. It connects a lot of dots, and like we were saying before, you know, I knew that I, I kind of knew where like Munich malt and Vienna malt came from. Obviously, they came from Munich and Vienna, but to be told the narrative behind it of you know here's this son of this guy who takes science very very seriously for brewing and he goes to England to learn how to malt and you know all of that just learning that whole story told in a storytelling manner which is the best yes just makes it like so much more vibrant because we you know like you you hear certain histories and like today we're going to be mainly talking about history and you hear them and it's just kind of facts on a page and there's not like I don't know, was Prince Ludwig like super so nervous before the wedding that, you know, he couldn't tie his tie or something? And that's like yeah. what the logger book has those little kinds of details in it that really makes it come, makes the history more vibrant and more memorable. 
uh, very much so. I mean, because we talk about this book and the information in it all the time. And I have found myself, even for my last several NRBC TV uh, episodes that I've done for the topics, I go back to this logger book. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I did an episode a few weeks ago on Imperial Stout, and it was mainly to talk about Black is Beautiful and the Black is Beautiful we did, you know, and our, our charity partners. But I did a whole history about it. And um, Martin Cornell has his Amber Golden Black, which is a history of English beers. And so really with anything that I'm doing some sort of, you know, topic on that I'm talking about, I either start with the lager book or I start with that Amber Golden Black book because it's the same kind of information where it's very storytelling focused and not... You know, after a while reading like Love a Bond and all of that, like you just start like numbers just kind of start bouncing off of your head. And these two books are definitely where I always go to start. And it has those fun anecdotes in it. I can't find that book. Well, like I can for like hundreds of dollars. Right. Get it on um, Kindle. That's what I did. Yes, it's always been very expensive, and I don't know if that's just because it's a UK book. Maybe, you know, maybe if we went to the UK. Yeah, maybe. Well, or I should say, when we go to the UK on our super cool um, beer vacation someday. In. Yeah, except that all Americans are basically feral, so we don't get to go to any other countries. It, anyway, we could like play the system, like fly to Canada and then fly to. <laughs> Get, stay there long enough to establish residency and get a Canadian passport. <laughs> there you go. Do a Mrs. Doubtfire. Be like, hello. <laughs> I can't. I can't yes. not think <laughs> about the. <laughs> Jen, no, everyone's gonna hate us for this episode. Jen like um sent me a really funny Mrs. Doubtfire meme Let's one time, say, and I just my can't. gift game sometimes can be I just very very strong. Always think about that when. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start our episode today about Oktoberfest and pumpkin beer. Yes. <laughs> and so with Oktoberfest, I think, um, so I guess, and I promise this is getting to the point, but Rachel, were you ever, like, when Prince William and Princess Kate got married, did you, were you, have you been, like, a royal wedding kind of person? No. Well, not that I was invited, one. <laughs> like, Oktoberfest. They invited the whole town. They invited like 6,000 people, not the whole town, from the upper middle class because, you know, there's a system here. But, yeah, I mean, if I was like living there and they were like, okay, all of you people, we're going to have this big party. and We're going to feed you and get you drunk. Come on down. Uh, Yeah, I would go. But like, do I (laughs) other than that? No, I would not. uh, I would not know what's going on. But. It's funny because that's what Oktoberfest was. It was a party yeah. for a marriage, and it was a very big party. And it was very I, big marriage. Very it big was marriage. United True. Kingdoms. Uniting Kingdoms. True. That is a big deal. And it's funny because this blogger book, the guy who writes it, gets to interv- interview with Prince von Leopold. I'm not Leopold. saying Leopold. Yes, which I know because I, when I do my NRBC TV, I go through and like look up the foreign words I don't know how to pronounce. And on my slides, I have them spelled (laughs) out phonetically. So it's Leopold. 
Louis Pold. So the guy who writes the logger book gets to go to Germany and hang out with Prince Leopold. And that's like today's time, right? So Prince Leopold's great, great grandfather was Prince or King Ludwig. Crown Prince Ludwig. Ludwig. And he was the one getting married. Yes. So this is the party for him. Um, And I think like so. You know, every year this has gone on. And this has been a tradition for every every year. And I think this year is the first year they haven't done it. Yes. Because of the pandemic. Yeah, if I remember correctly, like they even did it through World War Two, And I mean, it was basically like a Nazi party Oktoberfest. Yeah. But well, um, I don't them. think that they have they've only canceled it a handful of times. Gotcha. And okay. I, I don't gotcha. know if this year was the first year that. Yeah, yeah. I thought for some reason I thought I saw that but you know how things are but uh like i also read actually i don't remember now if it was in this logger book or the beer the economies this beer beer economies book which is really good too but uh hitler used to hold his like meetings and town talks like at hofbrau house yeah which is really yes. interesting and it wasn't like it wasn't like hofbrau house was like okay we support nazis it was just like it's like today when people are just like gathering to talk about their views they have in common, whether they're good or bad. And then all of a sudden these horrible things create, create from them, you know, so watch out people. History repeats itself. So but, um, I will say really quickly, I'm looking this up and it turns out that we are both wrong. Oktoberfest has been canceled 24 times oh, in wow. its history. Well, that makes more sense. Yes. Cause there's like cholera epidemics, Napoleon. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. At least we're not like that responsible. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this like um, little sentence out of the uh, logger book where, you know, they, they're explaining Oktoberfest and like they invited 6000 people to come down. And he he spells out like exactly what they had. It was like there were thirty two thousand sixty five bread rolls, three thousand nine hundred ninety two pounds of Swiss cheese, four hundred kilos of mutton, which is like lamb. And, uh, like, 8,120 uh, sausages and then 13,000 pairs of smoked sausages. And they're all distributed f- for free, accompanied by 23,200 liters of beer, 400, 400 liters of Australian white wine. Austrian. All wa- Austrian, sorry. <laughs> You're right. All while, <laughs> all while 150 musicians played. He's like, you can see why the locals might have been interested in be- this becoming an annual thing. <laughs> right. Well, like, and that was just for like the 6,000, like you said, like the wealthy people who were invited. And then yeah. the next day they invited, um, particularly for the horse race, which was actually like the biggest celebration of the first Oktoberfest. Yep. But it was almost the entire population of Munich was there for that. And there was free beer and food for all yeah. of those people. Oh, yeah, because this wasn't just a one-day event. I mean, this was a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. The Festival of Festivals, but it, uh, you know, it did start to grow every year, and then it was about the 1860s, so about 50 years later when it kind of shifted to being a festival for drinking. And I think not necessarily a festival to, like, get wasted, because as we'll talk about the beer, it was designed, it's, it's kind of high in alcohol to be drank by the leader but not terribly yeah. high it's not an imperial stout you know um but it was more of like the the camaraderie and getting together in these big tents yeah and singing and eating 
and drinking, of course, but it's not, I think sometimes when people hear, and I know having organized Charlotte Oktoberfest before, that there are people who think that a festival, a beer festival means a getting wasted festival. And that's not oh, really yeah. the point of it. And yeah. that's not really the point of Oktoberfest either. I mean, don't get me wrong. It happens. But sure, you're right. It's supposed to, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Right. And, um, but you're right. They're like the alcohol level for those beer. I mean, when you're drinking a whole liter of them, I guess hopefully it takes you a while, but, um, you know, six and a half percent versus like a 5% Munich lager. So, I mean, so, but it is a beer brewed for party, you know? Yes. And I will say before I forget that, and we, we may touch on this, but the festival now starts the penultimate Saturday of September and ends on the first Sunday of October. So if you ever hear somebody who says, it's September, why are they having Oktoberfest in September? Why don't they just call it Septemberfest? You have my permission <laughs> to hit that person across the face. <laughs> and then, hit book. With, then hit them with <laughs> these facts. Because, this, again, as somebody who helped organize Charlotte Oktoberfest, which was traditionally held in September, the amount of yeah. idiots on social media who would comment about that one, like it's an original thought. And then two, like they were making some <laughs> sort of point, just everybody let everybody know that Oktoberfest actually happens in September. And that started in 1872. So that was the year after Germany as a whole unified, but that's why it's called Oktoberfest and not Septemberfest. <laughs> and there's no pumpkin in those beers. <laughs> right. So there, take that. Take that, everyone. Although I feel that like most of our listeners are probably not those people. And if you yeah, were once, right. it's OK. It's okay. always OK to change your mind for the better, everyone. Uh, so <laughs> if you were once one of those people, now, you know, and you can Let's move forward with this new correct knowledge. Um, but I think we should just distinguish a little bit real quick about the difference between Oktoberfest uh, or slash Marzen and the Fest beer. I think that's a wonderful idea, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. Have those from time to time. <laughs> um, so Fest beer kind of started to come around way it was, after Marzen. Like, uh, it was like the 1950s. Yeah. Fest right. beer was... So Fest beer is think think it's they're both loggers. Marzen can be a little bit darker in color, like an amber copper, um, versus Fest beer might be like a pale golden yellow color. Um, so in the appearance, in the appearance, that's really the only way they're different. I was just um, to say, yeah, it's that's really the the and, main and main difference. Too. You know, you taste just the way they look. It's kind of the way they taste, like the lighter Fest beer being this. Nice, grainy, sweet, multi-character where, you know, Marzen might have more toast or caramel notes to it. Um, yeah, and a, a Fest beer is kind of like a bulked-up Munich Helles as opposed to a scaled-down Märzen. Yeah, it's still going to be around the same alcohol percentage as Märzen. Yes. Um, you know, that 5.4 to like 6.3, something like that um, range versus like just 5% or 4.5. So these are beers made to party with. And um, what was I going to say? Technically, to be called Oktoberfest beer in Germany, you need to be brewed within the Munich walls, the Munich city walls. And you need to be one of the big six 
Yes. So that is an appellation. So, you know, a legal distinction in a name. This same thing as champagne and sparkling wine. Yes. So it the interesting thing about if you are at Oktoberfest, you are in Munich and Oktoberfest beer is any beer brewed for the Oktoberfest celebration by one of those six breweries. And it can be any style. It doesn't have to be a fest beer or a Meritzen. You can yeah. brew an IPA. If you're spotting and you brew an IPA for Oktoberfest and serve it at Oktoberfest, that is an Oktoberfest beer. Yes, that's true. Although confusing, but true. Yes, yes. Well, of course, like... Does anyone uh, do I that? Think, I have, No, I don't believe so. I think there's a lot of, uh, like, Munich Hellas. Sure. And then Fest Beer and Meritzen. But I know Sam Adams claims to sell the most Oktoberfest beer, uh, like, in the world. And that's because the, you know, the German appellations don't actually apply outside of Germany or the EU. In this case, the Oktoberfest appellation gotcha. is is within yeah. the EU, but that's also why you could brew a Kolsch and call it a Kolsch. If you exactly. were in Germany, you would have to meet very specific criteria yes. to be able to call it a Kolsch. Yes. As Americans, we do what we want. So don't forget that. But um, the other thing I was going to say, the six Munich German breweries um, is cool. Like now, like they all have their own tent. I've actually never been to Oktoberfest, so I'm not like trying to speak like I know firsthand. But they all have like it, the logger book does a nice job of describing mm-hmm. like really big tents. Like imagine fitting 10,000 people under one tent. And they describe like the Hofbrau House tent like has a painting up above, like on top of it. If you look up, it'd be like the sky. So it's like trying to be like really bright in there and stuff during the whole time. And just really long tables, just like your stereotypical what you're envisioning, you know, beer hall, long tables, German pretzels, like it's to the point, to the T. Which is, makes it so cool, you know, to go. Um, and those six Munich German breweries, I was like, I always like to use the acronym Happy Hour Pals. Oh, okay. <laughs> to, uh, to remember them. So Happy Hour Pals, H-H-P-A-L-S. So Hofbrau, Hackershore, Polliner, Augustiner, Lowenbrau, and Spaten. Spaten and Francis Connor were separate breweries, but now they are one. So I think people just consider Spotten. And Hacker and Shore used to be separate breweries. And then they, they merged, you know, a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a long, long time yeah, ago. Like, long time ago. Like, most people didn't even know that. Well, I like that little... Happy Hour uh, Pals. I have another one, too. What is it? Acronym it's, that you have. That's, that's really nice. Yeah, thank you. Happy Hour Pals. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I have um, As Soft As Is is how I remember all of the stouts. So American oh, stout, oh. sweet stout, <laughs> um, oatmeal stout, foreign Trop- export, tropical, tropical. Um, uh, the other ones. Oatmeal sweet, foreign, tropical, imperial, American, Irish. Yes. Yeah, so sorry, I said is soft as is, and then started with American stout. So yes, Irish stout, sweet, oatmeal, tropical, foreign extra. Um, I used to have one for the uh, Trappist Munich breweries, but I can't remember what it is now. Happy Hour Pals. Oh, well, well, we've got Happy Hour Pals is a good good one to remember. When I was doing my Cicerone trainings, I remember talking about Oktoberfest and saying there's there's only six breweries and trying to list all of them off. 
and I couldn't remember the sixth one. And so one of our salespeople like went to Siebel and has, you know, has been a brewer. He traveled to Germany and I was like, man, what is the last one? And he was like, spotten. Dumbass. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was basically like that. He was, he was very kind about it, but yeah. And cause I was like, what like, is that last so one? Offended. Like it's probably the school he went to go study in. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. And the interesting thing, like Rachel mentioned that the current Prince Leopold of, uh, of Munich or not of Munich, but, um, of Bavaria, he also owns a brewery, uh, but it is outside of Munich city limits. And so okay. he's the, he's the crown prince. He can't serve his beer at Oktoberfest uh, because it's not one of the big six and it, his brewery doesn't meet the other, you know, the uh. requirements of being within Munich. So the guy whose great, great grandfather kicked off this whole festival he can't even serve his beer at October, <laughs> which is the celebration of his great great grandfather's wedding. You got to be someone. Listen, those Germans are serious about. Yeah. Beer. Oh no, for yeah, no, and it's delicious <laughs> too. Yes, it is. I um, this is fall is one of my most favorite times of the year because I am a basic bitch. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm not, but I obviously have a fondness for malt forward styles. So this time of year is the best time of year because it's, you know, it's featuring all of these malt forward styles like Oktoberfest. So I think I have bought so far at least seven different Oktoberfests from different breweries in Germany and in the U S. So yes, I love them. No, they're good. Especially when I actually have never drank Oktoberfest in Germany. Because I was not there during October. I was actually leaving right when it was starting. Oh, but man. it was it was with I was with my 80 year old grandma, so you know, <laughs> wasn't about to take me through Oktoberfest. I don't know. It sounds like your grandma can hang. No, she from, can. From what you told me. <laughs> she she can. You know, you got to get like a daytime nap in. But other than that, oh, it's well, pretty. Yeah. I mean, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Hey, that's the truth. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we probably have just a few minutes remaining in this episode. So let's switch from Oktoberfest. But again, the uh, the logger book has a really great history of Oktoberfest. It's very interesting. And one of the great things about Oktoberfest, since it is so big and so old, is that there's also a lot of really good information available online about it. Oh, uh, yeah. But let's use our remaining few minutes to talk a little bit more about pumpkin beers yes. uh, because that was something that I know, like Rachel said, we were going to kind of combine these two because when we were talking about topics, I was a little salty as there's uh, someone within our, our sphere of people who always seems to pick up or talk about whatever topic I have just been talking about somewhere. And, um, Rachel reminded me, well, it is Oktoberfest. Everybody's talking about Oktoberfest. And let's talk about Oktoberfest. That's part of why we decided to talk about Oktoberfest, but also to put pumpkin beers in there. Uh, So, you know, I've never actually brewed a pumpkin beer. I don't hate pumpkin beers, but I have about one a year and I'm like, oh, that's right. That's what pumpkin beer tastes like. I think the one that I always prefer is Noda, uh, Noda Brewing in Charlotte, the gorgeous 
that's the pumpkin beer that if I'm going to drink a pumpkin beer, it would probably be that. It is an award winner. It is an award winner. I like, uh, does New Round make a pumpkin beer? No. Yeah. We don't, we make a pumpkin beer, but the problem with my pumpkin beer is that I like to use real pumpkins, the ones that, you know, are grown this year. And um, they're not available yet. They're actually not even available to me until like next week, maybe, if I'm lucky, or the week after. So um, our pumpkin beers, we use uh, some whole sugar pie pumpkins and like roast them on the grill and scoop out the puree for the mash. And use brown sugar and um, then some spices in the boil, like cinnamon and ginger and nutmeg, I think. And um, it's a Saison. We do a Saison base. So this year, I'm actually, like, it's really good beer. It's just by the time I put it out, people have been drinking pumpkin beer since freaking July. And I'm like, I'm not trying to put out a mass-produced canned pumpkin beer. I'm trying to put out this nice, like, product used with local pumpkins. So I need to wait. So this year, I'm actually just going to name it Harvest Saison. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Because people will buy it. And it's, it's a great beer. It's not like you're like, oh, this is gross pumpkin beer. Like, why didn't you tell me? It's like, no, this is a harvest saison with spices and squash. Yes, <laughs> okay? and it is, it is truly a very good beer. And I don't know that I've ever had another interpretation of pumpkin beer as a saison. Uh, but it's a very, very good beer. So I guess I would take that back because I will also drink Pilot's Pumpkin Saison yeah, or harvest, Pumpkin's Harvest. Harvest Saison. Yes. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, so I think a lot of times, and Rachel, you may be able to talk to this better than I can, just I'm not familiar really with the different ways you can brew with pumpkin, yeah. but I think a lot of times when people say that a beer is a pumpkin beer, what is actually the case is that it's made with pumpkin pie spices. Yes, that is far too often the case. If it if it's tasting like a liquid pumpkin pie. It's probably got some sort of extract. It's probably got a lot of stuff going on in there, which not necessarily the worst thing. It's just what you like. It's fine. It's just different. I right. Just like, it's a, a pumpkin pie spice beer is very different than a beer made with pumpkin. with pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin is a squash and it doesn't have a lot of flavor. If you've ever eaten just straight pumpkin, um, we roast it to help. Well, really to help soften it so I can get the, the middle of it out. And um, it caramelizes it a little bit, but uh, I'm not actually convinced I'm getting any, like, pumpkin flavor from adding it in the mash. What I'm getting is extra fermentable sugars in a cool Instagram photo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's kind of what I thought, too, which I can see, and this is a conversation I've had with people about cooking uh, vegetarian and vegan dishes, is a lot of times, like, you can get you can replicate a lot of the same flavors that you would get from meat or a meat-based dish because you can use the same spices, the same sauces. You know, a lot of times that is what people are identifying, not necessarily just the texture, just the mouthfeel. But if you can find a way to replicate the mouthfeel, then that's also good. But, you know, I can make, I don't know, general sauce tofu using the exact same sauce and the exact same preparation because, you know, at the end of the day, chicken doesn't really add a ton of flavor. Are you ordering it because you want chicken flavor? No, you're ordering it because you want that sauce flavor. Yeah. And so I think using pumpkin pie spice or any kind of, you know, like mulling wine spices or something like that is going to replicate that 
feeling because like you said, pumpkin by itself doesn't have a very strong flavor. And I think a lot of times what people are thinking of with that sort of thing is pumpkin the spices. Pie. Yeah. They want pumpkin pie. Nobody actually really wants a pumpkin beer because like, <laughs> if you just make like a straight up pumpkin beer, <laughs> like just all pumpkin, let's just throw it in here. Right. Mix it with water. I, that's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. You need spices. And it's the same reason why, uh, well, you know, you know, before hops were super prevalent, you know, spices were there to like kind of counteract your sweetness. But when you have something that's just kind of bland, you know, like chicken, you don't get, you know, you're not like, oh, I want th- this bland piece of chicken. Right. Can you just <laughs> boil that chicken yeah. for me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the pumpkin beer you hate. It's the pumpkin spices or love. Either or. Yes. Or I would say um, just to be salty myself again for a moment, I think um, it's probably not any of those things that you hate. It's the fact that young women like things like pumpkin spice lattes. And as a society, everyone (laughs) is always okay to ridicule, you know, young, young women and whatever (laughs) they like, although they're the ones who really set the trends for everything, which is why there's pumpkin spice everything. Um, So Again, oh, def- definitely our you. fault because you know it's all we could grow it's all we had but fuck I us will, um, <laughs> come back to people like what they like and leave leave people alone about yeah. <laughs> about what they what they like um especially women because just like shut up about it don't worry about it yeah <laughs> take it take Amen. it with a of Good for you, not for me, and leave it at that. Yes. But, you know, if you want to brew any pumpkin beer, throwing it in the mash is fine. You can use canned pumpkin. I've seen plenty of breweries do that. Now, uh, you can throw it in the boil. In, in the mash or in the boil? Uh, or in, in secondary? The, in boil, would be preferred. Yeah. Uh, you can, secondary, you're going to have to figure out a way to, like, sanitize all that. Although if it's coming, if you're using canned pumpkin, I have to imagine it's probably aseptic. So you would be able to just open the probably. can as long as you sanitize, you know, your can opener and the t- lid of the can. And, and then I, dump it. I guess you can get um, pumpkin puree now. I think even okay. where I get my uh, blood orange puree, I think they have pumpkin puree now. Okay. And so that would go probably in the boil. Secondary. Or secondary. I, I would always put puree in secondary personally. Yeah, I would be interested to see, like you said, um, do some sort of an experiment where you do, you know, pumpkin in the mash, in the boil, and in secondary, just to see the different products you get. Yeah, from it. I would be really interested if someone else did that. Yes, I was. About, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I was. So if somebody is listening and wants to do that. Yeah, <laughs> get together, create, find yourself a team. Yes. Split it up. Or just have like one really weird brew day where it's just like all pumpkin all the time. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, yes. if you did it in the mash, then obviously that is your pumpkin beer. You can't do anything else with it. But I guess if you wanted to do it in the boil or in secondary, you could either do, you know, a 10 gallon batch and split it up into two, or you could yeah. um, do a party guile, make yeah. a stronger beer and run it off and then party guile and do your pumpkin in the boil. Yeah, and, like, mash is always a good way to start, because, or boil, like, if you don't get what you want out of that, you can always use secondary as to add more. Yes. Yeah, so if anybody's listening, um, if anybody's <laughs> listening, sorry, 
but if you have done something like that, uh, I'm sure that there's probably like Mad Fermentationist or, or one of the homebrew uh, websites probably has. I feel like pumpkin beer is one of those things where there is a lot of guidance on it because even though me as a beer drinker, I don't like it. Obviously, it's very popular and it's an approachable beer and something that, again, if it's made with a pumpkin pie spices, is familiar to a lot of people. So I know it's always popular mm-hmm. at like family gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, if you've, if you've done that, comment, email us, send us something on social media to let us know how it turned out, if you did the different ones um, and what kind of different flavors you got for that. So, you know, I guess that probably wraps it up for us for this episode on Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers and dating apps and <laughs> and uh, leaving women alone about what they like. So yeah. uh, if you don't mind, everyone, I know we ask this every time. I, I think it takes just a couple of minutes of your time and it makes a really big difference for us. Please subscribe on your whatever, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, give us a second to actually subscribe and then rate review. The review doesn't have to be very long. Uh, thank you for everyone who has already done that because that helps. It's, it's kind of the algorithm thing. It helps oh, us get, true. you know, pushed out to more people and uh, makes it easier for us to be visible to somebody who's searching for something like a beer and brewing podcast. So if you don't mind, Take a couple minutes and do that for us. We always appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments, you can always email us at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. We are available on social media at falsebottomgirls on Facebook and Instagram. And we love it when we hear from you guys because, like I just said, if anybody's listening, Rachel and I forget that people listen to this and also that uh, people we don't know (laughs) listen to this. And it's Funny because there are people I know now on social media from them reaching out to us on Instagram or Facebook and talking. And now I consider them social media friends and, um, <laughs> you know, where we just like talk about different different things. Yeah, uh, that aren't we just love like, to talk yes. about beer and we want to talk about what you want to hear about, too. So, yes, yes. So definitely any um, any suggestions and truly like anything that you know you're thinking about that you would like to learn more about I find a lot of times particularly with beer someone will ask a question that's to them they think well I'm going to sound really dumb when I ask this and they ask it it's like no that's actually a really insightful question that's that's an excellent thing to ask like that's a very critical thinking kind of question so anything at all uh, you know definitely send it to us we're always looking for ideas and with that, I guess we will wrap this up. So, uh, Prost and other Oktoberfest things. <laughs> <laughs> and pumpkin things, too. <laughs> remember, pumpkin beer or pumpkins are not an Oktoberfest beer, traditionally. Traditionally. You probably don't have to ask that question at your bar. You probably don't. And if you find that you should have, that is not your fault. Yes. <laughs> it is not your fault at all. You can definitely give the what the fuck look on your face. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round. <laughs>